This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. I love ordinary time. It's so ordinary. We can watch everything grow and bloom in the heat. (laughs) For these last few weeks, we've gotten to explore in our downtime the nature of sin with Paul. He warns us of sin's nature. He says it isn't simply a choice that we make, good or bad things that we do, but that evil is inherent and it surrounds us and that it's bodily, that it is contained within us and can press in upon us. He also tells us that sin is of the flesh and that if we live for this moment and this time that we have and these bodies in this flesh, that we will always be amidst sin. Further, he says that when we choose the flesh over the spirit, then we are being hostile toward God and God's law. We've also gotten to see what Paul believes of salvation. It's rather cosmic, Paul's view of salvation. He thinks that we'll be glorified by Christ and that this happens as a as a gift of the Spirit, because the Spirit is within us, and if we simply follow the Spirit, then we are saved with Christ bodily. For Paul, this is real and physical. It isn't theoretical at all. And Paul knows that all of creation is waiting for this moment of salvific freedom that will free us from this suffering that we feel in these bodies. Matthew reveals the same spoken by Christ today in the gospel, but as Jesus is wont to do, he's been speaking in parables about seeds. (laughs) Matthew, in these last weeks of readings, has been recounting for the faithful how Jesus sent out the disciples like so many seeds to root themselves in the earth, in the faith of God, and to spread with growth and confidence So that the people of God who once rooted will not fail to thrive even as conditions deteriorate around them. He promises us us instead that the faithful will multiply. This week's reading from Matthew warns of the actions of the enemy. In this parable, a landowner has planted wheat only to find that an enemy planted weeds among it. So the man advises the people when asked to just leave it and let it grow. Saying that he will have the reaper sorted out at the harvest time. This parable for us, as usual, may be confusing for multiple reasons. But I would hazard a guess that the real problem we have with this one is that the context of ancient Hebrew in which it was initially written is not there for us English speakers so many years later. The weed, you see, is not just any weed. The weed in Hebrew is clarified by um, the word that's used is of that time and of that crop specifically, and the, the weed that they're speaking of specifically is darnel. Matthew mentions darnel because it looks exactly like the wheat. 
the weed in its final days of growth will be revealed because wheat is strong and tall and stands strong and tall all the days of its growing. But in the end of its growth days, darnel will become heavy with a bloom on the top and will fall over, revealing the wheat that is left. This makes it easy to tell it from the wheat, making it easy to bundle for burning in the flames as the planter suggests that it be handled. Wheat is nourishing. Darnel is poison. Being that it's identical, sorting it too early for eradication from the wheat crop could lead to the mistakes in the identification of the plants, right? And so rather than growing and thriving, those who eat it would perish instead. This is what Paul's been teaching us about sin. That even with our best intentions, the enemy can sneak in to harm us. That sin will appear to threaten us because evil is everywhere. Even in the very midst of flourishing lies in wait the very thing that can poison us. And we cannot tell them apart. If we cannot tell the difference between wheat and darnel, or good and evil, or flesh and spirit, it will be our end. Well, that's terrifying. How are we to protect ourselves then? Matthew doesn't leave the story there, don't fear. (laughs) He does tell us exactly what we're supposed to do because he tells the disciples, he tells us that the disciples corner Jesus after he tells the parable and ask, what were you talking about? Thank you, disciples. So he says the wheat are the children of the kingdom. They're you and I, friends. And he says the weed is the devil. It's from the devil, and Darnell is his offspring. This, I think, we can gather. But he also says the reapers are angels. They can be trusted to sort good from evil on the harvest day at the end of the age. And this is a huge relief because what he's told us in no uncertain terms is that we cannot tell the difference. We cannot tell the difference between wheat and weed, We cannot tell the difference between good and evil. We cannot tell the difference between Christ and the devil. How then, on God's good earth, are we supposed to know who we can let in the front door? How then are we to know who to vote for? How do we know who to fall in love with? And who will betray us three times before the cock crows? How do we know whether or not the living ones among us should be set free to explore their identities and gender? How do we know if that is of the flesh? How do we know what decision to make then about unborn children? What decisions will make us not the wheat, but rather the darnel? And if I'm honest, I'm always honest in case you don't know. 
This line of thinking, this explanation in Romans of the nature of sin and Matthew's recounting of Jesus' parable make me feel like I can't trust what's right, like I can't even really trust myself to make good decisions. And maybe I can't even trust the people around me. And y'all, that seems really awful. So my inclination always, when this happens with the gospel, is to get out my magnifying glass, if I have to, and read the gospel even closer. And so when I do, I see this one tiny sentence in there, this little gleam of hope that says, let them both grow together until the harvest time. Jesus didn't leave us without instructions. He told us clearly what we are to do until the darnel makes itself known and falls over, leaving the wheat standing still, standing tall, ready to nourish God's people. Water that which is born of God and that which is not. Care for the saved and the evil both. You cannot know, but I know. Even once we can see what God already knew all the, all the whole time, Jesus tells us clearly that God will handle it with God's angels, not us. Jesus does not say that we should point in judgment at the darnel as it burns. <laughs> he didn't say that we should cut it down ourselves. God promises instead that they will handle the reaping, God's angels. They will banish the evil to hell and put the wheat up for the nourishing of God's people. Ours is to continue to cultivate. Ours is to keep the crop. Ours is to water with abandon, to care for the lot of it. Ours is to fertilize both without hesitation. Let both grow together until the harvest. What Paul promises the Romans is that creation itself will be set free from its bondage of decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Freedom forever. He goes on to say that we know that a whole of creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly while we wait for adoption. He uses the language of childbirth to call us back to the idea of a miracle that we really have very little to do with. This is purposeful, not only because it shows us the cosmic nature of Paul's idea of salvation, but because it echoes what Christ said. It happens without us, salvation. It is to be done at the end of the age, not just once, but every single season. God will cull and sort and begin again. We only have to take care in the growing. This season has been difficult, loved ones. We have been groaning. There has been so much struggle in the care of God's children. There's been so much pain. But the promise of our laboring is that it will give rise to new life. If we love with abandon and nurture that which our spirits bring forth within us, then we will be freed 
and glorified with Christ and live in the Spirit forever. Thank God. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.